Hey, good evening. Let's talk Facebook and YouTube because I ain't doing Periscope tonight. But uh, tonight is which every Sunday we do K's Corner Invades Let's Talk, and we're doing part two to Lockdown Love and Lockdown Love and Lies. We have a special guest. She'll be joining us shortly. And uh, as Kay says, we're going to emphasize lies. <laughs> lies. The lies. So, guys, number one, I just want to apologize. I really, really, really did not feel good last week. And I was, like, watching it. I was, like, I was all over the place. I was in the bed. When you, I was, like, what the, f I looked like it was, like, a porn, no. So, I apologize for being sick in the bed. I should have sat up. I just could not. I just was so sick. Um, the summer cold was kicking. Like these allergies, something serious. But so I apologize, but I felt like we needed to really, like you said, delve deeper into the situation. So let me do the background on the guest, Nakia Monet. Um, Quentin just sent her the link. So I guess she's logging in now. We'll see. But I am a, um, I am a, I am a, I am a, I am big on time, put it like that. So we say we're going to start at 9, we're going to start at 9. People are waiting, so we want to give you what it is. So I'll give you the background of what happened. We talked about, um, we talked about, um, we talked extensively about letters, right? Talked about, so if you don't, just last week, man is in jail, Quentin talked about from his end, and we talked about from our end, and we received these letters. And it's so thought-provoking, like, they just changed the name. We all get the same letters about how, you know, I really didn't do you right. You know what I'm saying? But these people sat me down for this time and I'm able to really refocus my time and my mind. And I know that you was the right woman for me, but I didn't treat you right. So I want to treat you right. And when I come home, I'm that, that, am I getting it right, Quentin? Yeah. Right, yeah. Letters like this. Be yeah. Right? yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man. He needs to be, what kind of man would I be? Like, they all, all of that. I know I was running around in these streets, but the streets is dead. When I come home and get a job, it's going to be about me and you. I'm going to marry you. You know, if I, if I could, I'll marry you right now. If I could, I'll marry you right now. They always want to marry you right now. So we really didn't get into the fact that um, I almost fell for getting married to someone in jail. Okay, we didn't go into that. So the the letters, the letters had got me. I believed in him for the third third time. That was the third bid, right? That was the third bid he did. I believed in him. I was like, he going to right. I'm gonna marry him. So then when he come home, I figured in my mind, if I marry him while he locked up, when he come home, he gonna stand true to his word. I'm gonna tell you why I did not marry him. I was all set. We had did was doing the paperwork to get married. And a meme popped up and it says, you bitch, you bees love marrying a man in jail. Okay. okay congratulations, Miss A-41234. And I saw that as a sign from God. If y'all don't know what A-4, every inmate is not, is not a name. They have a number, a prisoner. And they, and they, but the, the COs or inmate, they call them inmates. They are numbers. They don't have a name. It's usually it's a letter followed by some numbers and a dash and a one or something like that. And if you're in the feds, you know, you know what state you from by the last three numbers. Like 050 is New Jersey. So you'll hear a lot of people screaming 050. They probably was in federal prison, right? So that's 050 is New Jersey. So their number will be. So when I saw that meme and I was like, 
you I'm too I'm too bougie for this. I'm too bougie. I cannot get married to somebody in jail and somebody posts this meme and they aim it at me because I'm gonna wanna fight, right? <laughs> I can't be Miss A Dad. So so it was a meme that changed all them feelings you was feeling and everything. My whole life. I was like preparing, we were preparing because I fell for the okie doke. And we were preparing. I was like, you know what? Um, and ain't nobody out here anyway. All the good men is in jail or dead. I, I was one of them. All the good men is in jail or dead. So I might as well marry him. We've been together all this amount of years. And why not? And who cares? And I don't care. Time waits for no one. Yeah, time waits for no one. I don't care what nobody has to say. This is my life. I'm going to live it the way I want to live it. And I seen that meme. And I was like, bitch, you're bugging. Like, you don't have to marry. You are the catch. Sometimes you gotta, you really gotta self-talk yourself. You gotta look in the mirror and say, "Listen, I, I don't have any children. I was in my thirties. I was in my prime. I don't have any children. I have my own home. I had my back." If you, if, if you don't, if you don't mind me asking, how, how long was you willing to wait till your husband came home? That would have been your husband. How, how much time did he have? He had like nine more months because he, you know. New Jersey, when when they changed governors, they started believing in that drug program. So you had, you know, he had went to court and said he had a drug problem. So you know, they was like, oh, we'll send you to like a treatment program. So they was trying to send him to a treatment program. But where he messed up is he's never done drugs a day in his life. He's never even smoked weed. He doesn't even drink. So when we went to the court, the judge was like, I find it very hard to believe that you never relapse because it's known that when they go get drug tested, they fail a drug test when they go to their parole offices every once in a while. He was like, you've like, you are very in shape. Cause you know, he's all cut up and buff. He was like, you've never, your lips are the same color. You know, all of those yeah. the eyes are not, not joined. This like, you've not like, you've never done drugs. I think that you're just saying that you did drugs to get the, cause they have get the drug program. Right? So I was like, I, I was like, I could just do this nine months. And he come home, but you know, ladies, when you date somebody, um, she's saying she having issues quitting logging in. I don't know. When you date somebody, they are either an asset or a liability. And when they're in jail, they are a liability because you're paying for everything. You're paying for the phone calls. You're paying for the emails. You send in cards. You put money on their books. You paying for their commissary. They need oodles and noodles. They need soap. You know, they, jail don't provide nothing. They need soap, toothpaste, toothbrush. You want them to stay clean. You don't want them to be the bums in jail. You, so you you out here doing this and this and that. She just sent her number quitting for you to text, text it to her, if you could do that. I got it. All right. Um. And so, uh, sorry, guys. So, it, you know, it becomes like um, you're just taking care of this person. And so I was like, well, when he come home, you know, he's going to get a job. And I told y'all last week about when he got a job and he pretended that he was going to work. And I caught him. I um I parked around the corner. I snuck home and sitting at, sitting at the door waiting for him. And he jumped like he got off early, but he had really quit his job. And um, rest in peace to his grandmother. She I went to a funeral Friday. She just passed away because like we was together for so many years, you know. Old people don't know. She like he don't got that job no more. I was like, oh, thank you, thank you, Grandma. Old people don't be knowing. You know what I'm saying? They don't never mean to do it on purpose. So, long story short, um, I talked extensive extensively about the letter. So Nakia watched this. Nakia has her own podcast called The Muzzle Is Off. Nakia Monet, she'll come here and you can follow her and watch her podcast. And um, 
she she inboxed me next morning like, yo, why was I cleaning out a drawer and I just found an inmate letter <laughs> saying all the things I had said? Um, wow. What? So she sent me the letter and I screwed zoomed in. I said, damn, did Sharif? Oh, I'm going to say, the old boy write this? Because it was the same thing. Like, right when I was home, because I didn't know what I had in front of me, the jewel, the queen that I had. So she said she fell for the okie doke and married the inmate. I said, wait, what? Because I thought she was like, Miss High and Mighty Bougie never would talk to. This is, see, this is what perception, right? When you look at somebody and what you think about them. And so she said she wanted to come on and tell her story. So if she come on in, she can tell her. We can start from her. We can go right on in to her story and what happened in her life. Yeah, Nakia, I sent you my. If you're watching, I sent you my number via. Uh, I sent you my number via Messenger. So as soon as you text me your number, I send you. I send you the link. I didn't get it. I didn't right. get her number. Give me two seconds. I'll, you talk to the mic. Yeah. So so that's an interesting perspective um, for everybody that's watching. A lot of a lot of times when people are in love, I guess, when they're incarcerated, they they will try to get married. Um, I know in New Jersey they don't have conjugal visits, but in other states, if you're married, you have conjugal visits. So sometimes that's an incentive for a lot of people to get married. They want to have sex or whatever. Some some situations will call where a person will get married for the sake of you know, they, they want to be together. So uh, Nakia has a very interesting perspective, uh, and she's going to be a very interesting guest on the show. We, that, um, you yeah, know, I, I, I mean, I, Kay, Kay is giving you uh, her perspective. And I can, back <laughs> don't have to go backwards. You have to go forward. And her, so I said, yo, you want to come on the show and tell your story? She was like, well, wait, I was going to marry the one inmate, and I didn't, and then I married the next one. I said, damn, how many you had? She said, a few. So she got, so she said the glove is off. She wanted to tell her story. So I won't tell her story for her. I'll let her tell the bits and pieces that she wants to tell. Q, I just sent you her number. So no, she on. I got it. I'm about to bring it right in right now. How you doing, Nakia? Good. How you doing? I'm all right. How's everything? Listen, trying to figure this out. What's going <laughs> First, first, first and foremost, could you please allow tell my audience to um your podcast and what your podcast is about because you're a content creator as well. And I know that you wrote a book. You know, I was being nosy because this is what we do. And you wrote a book. And um, tell us about that. All right. So I wrote a book. It was in When the Soul Cries, Volume 1. There is a Volume 2 that is out right now. But I wrote in Volume 1. And it was called Unlegally Married. So I have a podcast that is out right now. And it is called um, When the... Um, the Mothers of Podcast, and I go on air like every Wednesday at 7 p.m. via Facebook, Instagram, not really Instagram, but via Facebook, um, Periscope, and I'm live on that. Great, great, great. We definitely, I subscribe to your channel, and I definitely tune in as much as I can. Thanks. And we definitely want to, we definitely want to support each other, and because this thing is hard, definitely trying to get it off the ground and trying to get subscribers and viewers to uh, appreciate your content and appreciate the background work that goes beyond it. But um, definitely is. <laughs> so what I'm so now, what we understand. Book. So the book is on which the book. The book is on um in. The book is on um, Amazon. Yeah, um, hold on. She has some K Brown, y'all. So she might be a little delayed because she had the K Brown take you down. 
Yes, listen. But the book is the one definitely listen, that K Brown is the truth. But the book is definitely on um Facebook. It is on um Amazon and I'm actually in the process. I'm trying to find my um headset, so don't judge me. But it is actually in the process of being um re-released right now. Great, great. Okay, well, so- so so Kay, Kay kind of gave us some background information and um you know I'm glad that you decided to uh tell your truth you know because a lot of people don't like to share when we talk about topics like this because people sometimes feel ashamed which we shouldn't feel ashamed actually we all been through it definitely if you're from the areas that we're all from exactly so just to give you a quick synopsis I gave the rundown of the show last week how you and what you said, um, and I said that you was gonna tell. You sent me a letter. I zoomed in and read the letter. It was just like, like, like. It, it was like, it like, was like literally like word for word the same letter, word. same letter. Just take the name. And you said you felt so, so it, it's, it, the floor is yours. We want to know what happened after you. After you it might have been a copy and paste letter. Listen. I ain't even gonna hold you. It really might. It really might have been a copy and paste letter because after listening to last week, I was like, "Wait a minute, he might not have been as genuine as I thought that letter was supposed to be." To be honest, well, quit that he wrote letters like that. So I think it's something that whatever. But so go ahead, we ready for you. It's all the floor is yours. All right. So let me say this. This was like literally in. I done found my good little what are you, AirPods. Praise him. Um, this literally was in the beginning of ever experiencing some type of lockdown love, right? Because I had never experienced nothing like this before. So the letter that I sent to UK, which is literally right here. Mm-hmm. How's the penmanship? He, he writes like, like every other jail letter that you get, okay? It comes, okay? And this was literally this letter. Let me let me start this over saying this. I found this letter because I was going through my jewelry box and I was trying to find a pendant that I always wore. So I found this letter in between the drawer and the back of the jewelry box. And I was like, wait a minute, what is this? Like, it was literally folded up like this in the back of my jewelry box. And I was like, what is this? I was like, wait a minute, let me let me open it up. And read, I was like, oh, snap. This is like, it literally says February 10th, 2006. And then it says what you are. 2006? And then it's 2000. Ooh. I'm trying to tell you how far back this goes, okay? 2006. And it says beauty comes in all shapes and sizes. Sometimes, and I'm telling you, this is like literally out of somebody's like Hallmark card that this nigga decided to send to me and I ate it up. I'm just being honest. I ate it up. So it says beauty come. You know what? Quentin, don't don't do that. I ate it up in 2006. No, he was very sincere. He was sincere. 
He wasn't, but okay. It says beauty comes in all sizes, right? Sometimes in the rarest forms, you can see beauty, but true beauty has to be felt. When I first met you, in all due respect, that was in quotations, okay? You wasn't at your best. Like, nigga, you tried to play me, but okay. You look good. But once we started hanging out and I got to know you, you became beautiful in my eyes. Like, really? Like, this is how this was. You became a diamond in the rough. See, some wouldn't recognize your worth, but I knew you were, you were a precious jewel. But at the time, you were going through a lot of issues, and I was determined to polish you. He was determined to polish me back. Okay. <laughs> I can't, yo, you can't you even get through, it's, the key like, is making me laugh. I can't even hold the laughing. I can't. I can't. Because this. Let me ask you a question. Let me, and this is from like 2006. Nakia. Before you finish, ahead, let me ask please. you a little bit of background on um, said individual. Was he like your guy when he left? Was he a boyfriend when you left, or was you just he... a friend? We was a friend. Okay. We was really a friend. So when he got locked up, like we were still seeing each other, but we wasn't real serious, right? So. As of 2006, when this letter was sent, we was actually in a committed relationship, right? So after receiving so many other letters, because who knows how many other letters that was actually sent prior to this, me hearing, okay, you was a diamond in rough, you became flawless, you became a diamond. Now nobody can overlook you because to everybody you're worth millions, but to me you're still priceless. Like all of that, you eat all that, you literally eat all that up, right? And at the time, I was like, oh, okay, he really meant his words. But what people fail to realize is, is that when you locked up, all you have is your words. All you have is a bunch of letters. All you have is a bunch of books. All you have is a bunch of whatever the case may be a that will cause a person like myself or like other people to literally sit there and take the time to write you and to be one with you in all of that mess, right? Because the truth of the matter is he honestly was not the first person he wasn't even the second person he was probably like the first like the fourth or the fifth person that to literally tell me some crap that i really wanted to hear outside of what was really real you know what i'm, I'm saying? gonna ask you a question even after him i literally married somebody that was in jail like me and my ex-husband he was in jail and we was literally married so it was like going through this letter number how many ever um it was what it was but i still literally married somebody september 9th 2009 that was literally locked up in prison and the truth of the matter is is that i personally would not um recommend that for anybody so wait no that's but everybody lives their own course right marry him 
with his words. What'd you say? Say it again, Kay. I said, how did he get you to marry him with his words? Can you hear me? Nikia, you can't hear Kay? Nikia, could you hear us? She can't hear us. She can't hear us. No. I can see you. Yeah, you can't hear us. It's probably your your, your AirPods. Her AirPods is probably doing it because when you're on Bluetooth, it'll shut down the um the volume. Could you hear us, Nakia? Yeah, she probably can't hear us. <clears throat> oh man, we you know we having a fun show and we having a good show. So this is very entertaining for everybody as well as informative. Nakia, you still can't hear us. Hold on, Kay. Okay. Keep Kay, keep talking. So I, I'm gonna text her. Okay. I can, I can hear her because she's doing something, but she can't hear us. Go ahead, Kay. Yeah. No. So like, what I was gonna ask her was, you know, how did he get you? Like, you know, that's how it got me. It was, it was through the words. It was through the want to believe that a man was gonna do different. And, you know, unfortunately out here, it's not a lot going on. So when somebody is giving you those words that are making you feel good, and this was prior to, like she's talking about 2006, 7, 8, 9, this is prior to email, right? So we were so happy to be able to get those letters. I, could, I couldn't wait to get home from work and, and, and hope he wrote me. And when he didn't write me, I would be so sad. You know what I mean? I would be at work, not working, writing letters. I would write my letters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Dwayne's text. So, um, <laughs> okay. yeah, I just, I just text Birds really do get you like, but then out that they are, um, when you find out it's like people, like when you watch the show, right? Love after lockup, I don't know if mm -hmm. you watch, and you find out like, he like, I was the jailhouse writer. Like I used to write the letters. It hurts your feelings a little bit. Because you're like, yo, you wasn't even really writing these letters. Like, you had somebody else writing my about felt You couldn't. But then you you kind of find out um, who graduated and who didn't. But the last guy I seen that was in jail, I thought his five-year-old was writing. Who wrote this? Why is your hand like this? Like, you know, when you first learn to write and you hold the pen like this, that's how he looked like he was writing his letters. Nakia, can you hear us? Yeah, I could. I, we could hear her. Kay, I texted and she got rid of her earbuds, but we can't. Um, she can't hear us, but we could hear her. But look, honestly, I don't know about the the the, the jail writer, but I know that um, a lot of a lot of cases, people do write their own letters. I don't know why they would um front and act like they don't. I mean, I really like the you, you do got people that be into the card thing, like they'll spill their whole heart out in a letter, and it'd be basically a card. I mean, I think dudes be sincere. I mean, I don't think I was ever unsincere when I wrote letters. I just think that things happen when you come home. And I think the the the, the being in a relationship and all that, we don't realize that, you know, on the outside, life goes on and people grow and people grow out of love with you as well as they grow in love with you. Well, let me ask you this. But I was told that because when you're in jail you have more time to think and you really can focus on those who you know did you right and that you did wrong. 
and your intention is good at that time. But when you come home, it's so much temptation and it's so much that you felt like you missed out on that you trying to play catch up. That's absolutely correct. One of one of the biggest things and I and I and I tell I tell people this that's um that don't be in good situations when they come home, even from having that other page. Like you'll be amazed how many people come home and don't even have ID. That seems unheard of now. Like how many times I had to take off a day of work? And that was my biggest thing. Like, I'm not taking off a day of work this time. I want you to come to me. If it was supposed to be me and him, right? When he come home, does he come home next year? If it's supposed to be me and you, I want you to come to me, but you already have an apartment. You already have a job. Like, I was tired of taking a day off work. You did four bits. I was tired of taking a day off work to go to, to Newark to get you a birth certificate because you don't know where your birth certificate is, to get a social security card, to go to motor vehicle, to get an ID. You only can get a state ID because you know your license be suspended, to get you a state ID, to try to help you to get a job. Now I'm taking all these days off of work to do this and running around with you. And then you want to go see this boy and that boy because this one owe you and that one owe you. And you think that they, you know, like it was back in the 90s, you know, early 2000s where they handing out each one of your boys going to have a thousand for you. And here they go having a, a, a raggedy hundred or eighty dollars. And you looking at them and I'm like, yo, the streets have changed. You know what I'm saying? And so and that, the weight falls on you. I'm swiping my card buying you. And that's a that's a reality that a lot of people don't understand. Like. You know, I don't care if it's your husband, your boyfriend, your cousin, your brother. You got to allow them to learn because they really have to start their life all over again with the ID, with getting on their feet. And then that deals with their self-esteem, how they feel about their self, where they feel like they should be in life. Like they'd be like, damn, I was gone 10 years. I got 10 years to make up. I start, I'm 40 years old and don't even got credit. Right. Like, as a as a real woman, see, that's the thing with men. Y'all don't be really wanting to let us go. A real woman will tell you, like, listen, I'm always gonna be your friend. Just let let me move on and go. And if it's meant to be, it's gonna be. But they wanna have their cake and eat it too. You know what I'm saying? They want you to they wanna be selfish. And I've seen it so many times where so of course the first two bids, I waited. Right? I didn't date. Nobody else. I didn't talk to nobody else. I didn't entertain no man. By the third time you go into jail, I'm tired, right? I want to go to the movies. I want to go out to eat. I don't. That don't mean nothing about sexual. It means I want to be the person that goes out to eat with you, or we gonna go do this, or we gonna do, go do that, or whatever. I'm going out on dates. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I'm respectful. I'm making sure it ain't nobody you know, and I'm making sure that they don't get back to you. I'm still doing my part on making sure you got money on your books and all this and that, but. Anything else? It's not. Nakia, could you hear us? Oh, we can't hear her again. I don't know what's up. Can you hear us, Nakia? Yep, I can hear you now. Right. Oh, you you can finish. Make make. Miller, it's on you. You were going to tell us, um, because we're at the nine thirty mark. So you were going to tell us how you uh, met your husband and got got married. So basically, I met him through a friend of mine, and um, her and I were very close, and I had a question to ask him, and part of the question that I had to ask him was relating to the boyfriend that I had, and the reason why I had to ask him the question was because of a situation that had arose with the ex that I had. 
And because the situation arose, he was the right person to ask at the right time um, in order to get the question uh, remedied. So I had to ask him pertaining to my ex about what was really going on with him. And the both of them were heavily into, um, I guess, like a gang related related lifestyle. So I had to ask my ex-husband pertaining to a very uh, particular situation that had arose that would have caused uh, my ex-boyfriend to have an issue while he was still yet in prison. Mm -hmm. So I met my ex-husband due to that level of a situation. And when he and I began to speak, he basically asked me, did I know him? And I was like, no, I, I don't know you. Uh-oh. And, okay, because, you know, they all swear that they're known. So I was like, no, I don't, want, I don't know you. And he was like, what? Google me. And I was like, listen, in the very small world that you live in, I live in a larger world. So I can Google you and figure out what Google has to say about you, but the world that I live in is much larger than the world that you live in. So I'll Google you, but I'm not going to like hold you to that standard of what Google says about you. So I Googled him and that's how I learned it, like literally exactly who he was. Okay. Okay. And so, that turned you want to marry him? Yeah, because <laughs> like, although I Googled him and I read everything about him like i read everything about his charges i read everything about his case i read i read all of that stuff and i was like okay but at the same time you would have been locked up for so long at that point that's not who you are today so who am i meeting today and i literally held him accountable to who i was meeting as of that day mm -hmm. and i met him like january of 2009 he and i didn't get married until september of 2009 so it was like that period of time and like, all right it wasn't that long i know no it's no judgment we just want to make sure we're hearing correctly yeah so, so let me let me let me ask you a question how much time was he due to come home before you decided to uh, marry him? He was supposed to come home April of 2010. So literally, he was supposed to come home April 24, 2010. Yeah. So, so you married about seven, eight months before you, before he came home. Yeah. So we got married September 9th, 2009. So nine nine nine, we got married. So oh. let me. Well, that's that is cute. You remember them dates, right? Yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember so, so so let me ask you what what made you? Unfortunately, that's your ex. I mean, it might be fortunately for you, but um, what made you feel? Do you feel like he was truthful? All the way the whole time with you. I don't know the situation why y'all not together no more. I mean, you could fill in the blanks if you, if you don't mind. If you could, if you want to explain it, you don't have to. I mean, wait, can you, I ask a quick question before that? Before we go back. He had ten months. What made you not want to wait just the ten months till he came home to get married? Nah, he had like a little 
over a year. So we got married September 9th, 2009. He wasn't expected to be out until September 24th, 2010. And um, we really could, like, all jokes aside, we really could have waited, but we just didn't. Like, I literally met him about January of 2009. At the time in which I met him, not physically, but over the phone, um, he and I just clicked. Like there was some, like he basically said to me that no one had ever spoken to him the way that I spoke to him. Like I basically told him like his world was very minor compared to the world that I was living in. So you want me to Google you compared to your world, but compared to my world, you're not even a smidgen in my world. So um, he basically said that no one had ever really spoken that way to him. So I was like, really? Well, that's amazing to me because at the end of the day, like your world is small. Uh huh. He told you you taught him how to love. Yeah, pretty much. Like that's pretty much what it was. Although he had been in other relationships prior, literally prior to me, um, but he basically said, "Yeah, pretty much that." Yeah, that was it. I asked that. I asked that because I, you know, I know I know people that come from that type of lifestyle. I mean. I won't say I'm from that type of lifestyle, but people that come from that type of lifestyle, a lot of times they they grew up and it was around some real harsh realities. So a person like yourself, from what my perception of you is, a person that has faith, a person that's caring, shows compassion, it's a whole, it's a breath of fresh air for that person. And it's like new. So, you know, you can finish. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that was some of that question. You you asked a very important question. If she wanted to share, like, so when he came home, how was that? Is that why y'all are not together? Was he not the person that he portrayed himself to be in that letter? No, he never even got a chance to come home because the feds mm. and picked him up like the day he was supposed to come home. So that's a whole nother ball game as far as what happened with that. But um, he never even got a chance out here. Well, you know. And um, he was, a, that's why I'm like, that um, September 24th date is a very, it's a monumental date for my life. But a simple fact that that was the date he was supposed to come home. And that was the date that I literally went down to um, Trenton to go pick him up. But that also is a date two years ago that I miscarried. So, um, sorry to hear that. Sorry for your loss. It's all right. Because I swear the dude I miscarried from, he, it wasn't uh, <laughs> what it was all cracked up. So, so let me ask you. So, so you know, I, you know, you you don't gave me some more information to ask you a question. So you went down Trenton. You mm -hmm. didn't think was he? So he was in. He was an asset down Trenton. Um, mm -hmm. you didn't think like, damn, you know, he had said, well, maybe he got some fresh charges that just ain't drop on him. Like, no, we you, don't. Know that. I mean, I mean, okay, I'm just asking. I told you. The way they played that with the Fed was that shit. All jokes. I'm sorry if your podcast is on um, cut, but it was brilliant. Like, oh yes, I went down there. Yeah, I went down there. His son was with me. One of his best friends were with me. This is how brilliant the whole thing was played out because they literally thought that. 
they listened to our call like a couple days beforehand where he was giving me instruction on how to handle picking him up from that jail. Um, and his instruction and what I did was completely contrary to how everything went out. Um, his instruction was to basically have someone there that was a shooter and would be ready to shoot because he just felt that at that time, someone was going to be there ready to target practice, right? Because of who he was. So I played at a different angle. I was he was like, are you listening to me? And I was like, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But I didn't do it that way. I played at a totally different ball game. I had his son with me. I had one of his best friends with me that wasn't into that lifestyle. So when we went down there to go pick him up, they were thinking, because, you know, they listened. That, that you were going to have somebody with you that had guns in the car and all that other stuff. Guns in the car. So the feds had already picked him up. So they literally had us hemmed up separately in three different rooms. They had me, they had the best friend and his son, but they knew they couldn't question his son because he, his son was underage. So they had me and the best friend. When they realized there was nothing really for them to crack between me and the best friend, they let us leave, but then they pulled us over as we were leaving. It was a whole big ordeal for them to literally come up with nothing but give me a bogus ticket to say, oh, you didn't turn, you didn't put your, your right hand signal on when you went to go turn right out the jail from Trenton. And I was like, so y'all gonna give me a right ticket failure? I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you Nakia, like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know much about you, right? You never once said to yourself, like, yo, I need to remove myself from all this. I didn't sign up for the madness. Though you knew what, though, you know, the Google and him telling you, you didn't want to hear all that. You didn't say to yourself, like, yo, like, in his little world, he is a somebody. So let me remove myself because, like, you were in harm's way. No, because, like, for me, he was already serving time for who he was, right? Like, so at that point in time in which they gave him, the amount of years that they gave him, he was already serving time for that portion of who he was. So for me, it was like, okay, I met you in 2009. We moving forward from there. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like we we are literally moving forward from there. And what he did do was he never kept it a secret and said, you know what? There's a possibility. Like he always kept it real. He was like, there's a possibility that these niggas might come mess with me. And I'm like, in my mind, how far could they really go? I didn't know they could go as far as they went because he never made it seem like it was like the feds. He always made it seem like it was the state. But we all know when it's the fed, it's a totally different ball game. So when they came and got him, um, February, 
you know, um, April 24th of 2010, when they really came and got him, it was a totally different ball game because I was just like, okay, he was supposed to come home this day. Like we were there to bring him home. Like we had food, we had clothes, we had everything to bring him home. And now this has not happened. I mean, even till even today, right now, he's still in there. He has another like maybe two, three more years to go before he's actually able to come home. Yeah, because what the feds do, what the feds do, you don't have a um when you come home from state prison, New Jersey, they know if you have what they call detainers. But yeah. what the feds do is they won't put a detainer hold on you until the day you get released. That's when the warrant or the indictment will get dropped or unsealed, so to say. So it's that's like, what happened that morning. Cry. They want to see you all that, but I know you know my brother, like, don't ever let him see you cry. So I, I used to be stone faced, like. Let me tell you something. Those feds, they <laughs> on his the first day of his court, they already knew who I was. I didn't even know who they were. They came up to me. They were like, "Here, Mrs. So and So, here's the information. Here's where you need to come to come get this, this his his um his property." And I went there. I picked it up. We was down in North. They had like a whole big room, and they literally showed me me. They were like, here's you, here's this, here's that. And how they pieced everything together. And I was like, that's not me. And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, that's not me. And they were like, no, but you, I was like, no, no, but that's not me. I said, do your search. That's not me, right? Because they were so busy in piecing a puzzle together that they didn't realize that just because someone might've mentioned like me, it wasn't necessarily me that they picked up in their, their little collage yeah. of what it was. And it wasn't me. It was it was literally somebody else. Not that they were portraying to be me, but it was because of a situation that had occurred that they thought it was me. And I'm like, no, that's not me. I don't I wow. didn't I didn't meet him at that point. I met him here. And I mean be trying, so trying, to, trying to case me up. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, you know, you know, um we're not doing that. I don't I don't I don't need to know much about your situation, but for the people that's that's watching it in the chat, um conspiracy is a very, very vague thing. And when the feds uh try to get somebody for conspiracy, the web that they try to get the big spider with, or whatever the fly with, or the big you know, the big fish with, that web gets expanded and you can get caught up in somebody's conspiracy just by knowing um, Nakia, just just by hearing certain things. She could have been jammed up, and you know, by the grace of God, she didn't get herself in those situation that could have no. been really bad. Because it wasn't me. Voice. So you said, uh, 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 uh. did you? You was like, uh, uh, I can't. Do it. <laughs> Oh yeah, now now for the divorce issue. I mean, you can explain that. I mean, after a while, I mean, well, after you, that traumatic experience, post them like what happened. I didn't even know you. It wasn't even like a. It was like literally. He and I had this conversation like probably about January this year. He was like, "You literally came down here and said this ain't for me," and I meant that though, like. When you when you have the feds coming up to your school 
and showing a picture and saying this. And then you have the feds. You show up at court because that's your husband. And they're saying, we know this is you. Here you go. This is where you need to be. And then you show up where they tell you you need to be. And then they have all this stuff plastered about who you are. You know what, ma'am? Yeah, we know you live here. And we know you go to school here. And we know this, that, and this. Like, they know before you can even verbalize to them who you are, we know this. No, no, this this isn't my life. This isn't what I plan to be. This isn't who I plan to be. So when he and I had that conversation, it was after everything that took place with the feds. He was like, well, what did you do with my property? I said, I dumped it. <laughs> you threw it out? I at least still got his box in the, up in the attic. Mm-mm. When the feds came... It got dumped in Harlem. Look here, I'm I'm not gonna tell you no lie. I don't, you know, I I don't seen um from being from being away. I don't seen all types of situations. I don't heard all types of situations. But he lucky you even giving him a conversation. Also, you you want to know why? Because when he and I, I can honestly say from then. I met him January of 2009. I promise you, he's probably been one of the most realest relationships that I've ever been in from January 2009. Like, he never lied to me. Like, there was no, um, oh, well, this could possibly happen. That could possibly, like, it was never no, I didn't think it. I knew it was a situation that could come up. And even when the feds came, this is how deep the stuff is because they knew everything. They were like, listen, we want you to know that when he was with you, he was with you. And I'm like, damn, how y'all taking up for him? Hey, let me tell you something. Let me just cut in right there. They know everything. They tell you about the side girls if it's some. Well, you know you're not the only one. They tell you every. The feds tell you everything. For For those in the chat, these young ladies are not explaining a scene from Power. Or no. none of these shows that we watch. This is real, real life, life stuff. An example: the feds will tell you, like I knew, you know, they called me like Miss Miss Writer, right? Because I would write my, my brothers, all his friends. We talked about the cars last week, the Jersey cars and stuff. And I would write them. And then the one guy, when he got locked up, the feds told his girlfriend, like, you know, he got another baby on the side. His other baby mother lived on the other side of town, which he did. So they, the feds will tell all your business, so we that we know that that part is real. So <laughs> Dwayne, Kate, Kate, cousin Dwayne said this is better than the shy right now. <laughs> exactly, everything is better than the shy. But so, so I want to, cause you know we getting, cause we like to stay within our hour in the kid. We get into time nine fifty time. So how did you? Do, how we want to know? Cause we know how you married him. He he wrapped you up with them words. You you know you you wanted to ask him a question about another man and he done took you from the other man. Nah, he showed so he showed he said he said listen, you ain't dealing with no pup right now. Like I gotta use the lingo. I gotta use the lingo. Okay. Ask him about how did you yeah. break that off? He was a pup. So he how did you break it off with the up uh, with the man that you had a question about? You just ghosted he, him. He was a pup. K. Yeah, it was easy. <laughs> It was easy, but not easy, right? Because when you're dealing with a triple O, 
compared to someone that has absolutely no stain whatsoever, mm. it's not exactly easy, right? But you begin to understand the progression. My husband wanted to really do what he was supposed to do as a triple, right? But it took me being the person that I am to say, don't do that. Don't do nothing to him, yeah. Don't do that. So like, now you still speak to him or no? He 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 deaded you when you married the other dude. No, me and his mother is like, man, cool, even though I don't think she fully understands how I put myself out there um in order to ensure that her son is still here today. That he was safe, yeah. And safe. So you okay, so we know all right, so he got he broke up. Then you got so where was the con I want to know the con I want to hear the conversation when you was like, uh uh, this ain't you got 10 more years. I ain't signed up for this. We need a divorce. What did that conversation look like? That was a very tough conversation. Was it face to face? Or was it over the phone or was it through a letter? Was it was face to face and through a letter and over the phone. You sent him a dear John letter to kid. Let me find out. I did. I ain't even gonna lie to you. I really did. But I got one, I got one before too. So that's how I know. <laughs> that's why I said when John, like, listen, this ain't working. I ain't cutting it. Uh, I wish you all the best. And then you pray you never run into them out here in these streets nowhere. But go ahead. Let me tell you, it was face to face at first. I was like. To the point where, like, earlier this year, he really brought that up to me, like, verbatim. I was like, I ain't built for this. And that was because they had literally, so my ex-husband, if I actually said his name, people would really know who he is. That, that Don't say his name. I don't. I don't say his name for a very good reason. Um, But he was very well known. So to the point where um, in the prison system, they literally gave him a short name and they sent him along his way. So when he was here, I was like, this I'm not made for. And that's what I did. I, I literally did this. <laughs> I'm not made for. And he was literally in front of my face. And I was like, I can't do this. You know, after we had already did this. So he was supposed to be out. And so now you hit me with even more time than what you originally said that you had, right? So it was like, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not built for this. And earlier this year, he and I had a very good conversation, although he's still very angry. So he deleted me from his good um, email account, which I'm not. A, I'm they a think that they be hurting our feelings with that. I don't give a rat's. <laughs> Hello, because I got that good email that said you have been removed, and I was like, "Oh, okay. remember Quinn? I talked about that last week. When you get that email saying you've been removed, okay. and I was just like, okay, hey, hey, the kid, hmm? the kid, hmm? y'all still friends? Yeah, because I, he holds nothing against." Mm. Let me not say that. Let me not say he doesn't hold anything because he really does. Because he was very bothered by the fact that he wasn't bothered by the fact that I said I wanted to divorce him because he actually signed all the papers. And he and, and he said he understood that 
I was not built for the additional years that he had. He he completely understood that. His whole thing was in the time that he had, why didn't I at least try to hold him down in the time that he had? Like, okay, fine. You didn't want to be my wife. That's cool. You didn't want to do this. That's cool. But you could have at least like put money in my book. And I was like, I mean, I kind of did though. You know what I'm saying? Like I did do that. Let me just say this to you about him. He knew. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. They know. Quit. And I understand what you're saying. Like they don't. But you kind of know when you in trouble with the feds. So like gossip is. We just talked about how it run through the jail fast. He knew that the feds was coming. He just didn't know they was coming that day. He knew eventually they was going to come. So he wanted to lock you down and, and, and get them words in your ear and tell you everything that was right and, and married you. And then he, he figured you would just be like, oh, well, I'm just going to ride it out. When you was like, eh, eh, nah, I ain't built. He was like, oh, all right. 14 years. Like, Push-ups right now. So, so Nakia. Because quit. Don't try to do push-ups when y'all get mad. Yeah. You got to blow some steam off. <laughs> listen, listen, Nakia, I'm going to ask you, what's next? He about to touch. Yeah, he about to touch. What's good? Yeah, like he about to touch another two, three years. That's like this. It was just listen, all them letters, you know, excuse my French, all them little fantasy letters and dates and walk walk on the park and all that stuff. He might be looking for that. We we want to or at least a conversation. He um I, I honestly believe one of the reasons why I got that good um you have been deleted. Is because he literally has a girlfriend, and um, I believe that he's ready to move forward with her. And I, I mean, at least I hope he is because that ain't happening over here. Like, and I get it, I, I really do. Like, you know, because at that at that time, um, when he was emailing me, him and his girlfriend was kind of at like a like a like an impasse so to speak and um she was feeling some type of way or whatever like oh how you gonna talk to her and I'm like ma'am it's not going down like that so I hope you really stay in communication with him put a man in jail ain't either one of us having sex with him or nothing so I'm gonna ask you a question I'm gonna ask you a question the kid at all looking back at it now do you wish you never asked him a question about the other guy no, because all jokes aside, he saved his life. Like real talk. Like as angry as he was at the situation, he still yet and still saved his life because he was the triple that could do that. And he was the one that had the respect out of everybody that was in the prison system at that time. So, you know, part of the reason why he's even still here today is because of it. Now, whether they want to give me the respect that I am owed because of that is between them and their emotions. But the truth of the matter is a lot of people, including my other ex-husband, um, is still able to you know be here because I give you the respect. Like married another inmate. Nah, like my ex-husband, he was in the church and he put my head through that good car window. So a lot of people do do not understand that whom I was really, really married to. And 
who I'm really connected to outside of just being married, outside of just being family, outside of like all that stuff is concerned, like everything is intertwined. And a lot of people do not understand that. So, you know, a part of the reason why some people are yet still here today is because I respect you enough to allow you to breathe as a human being. Okay, boss. No, nah, because that's real. Because as let's be real, because as women, we can get family involved in situations that might not be um, as beneficial to the other person. But because of the situation that we are in, and not because I want to be with you, not because I still love you, not not because of anything, but really and truly because I still respect that my family needs to breathe. My family. Feels I think. Hey, kid, it's interesting that you that you going down that avenue mm-hmm. because I think that sometimes um you and Kay would be two people that would be perfect for me to do a show and talk to both of y'all because I think that sometimes people don't understand that here it is you getting into situations with women and you doing this and that like you getting a pass dude like so let me just say this <laughs> in closing but I just have something to do at 10 o'clock. But let me say this what she just was saying about you just trying to keep them free. In our 20s, quitting, we would call y'all and 15, 16, 17, I'm calling. Remember that time I had that beef at the skating rink and I called y'all all up there and I'm not going to put your business out there, but you you know, you had to do what you had to do to a girl that thought she was going to do something to me, whatever. So, you know, at this age, I'm not going to call y'all. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to call y'all and, um, and to get y'all in trouble. And I got to, um, on this note, y'all can keep talking. I got to bow out because I got to um, handle some business outside with my neighbor. So I love y'all. Thank y'all for listening. All right. I Case Corner. Love you, Kay. All right. So, so Nikki, I mean, it's up to you if you want to wrap up the show or not. I mean, yeah, let's do it. But, but I, I, your, your, your insight is very unique. I think a lot of people don't understand the dynamics of being – as we say, lockdown, love, and lies. Of uh, like Kay has said that we were going to focus on the lies, and I and I really don't think, and you know, from my angle, I really don't think that a lot of guys be lying. I think that a lot of guys be sincere. Um, I don't know. There are lies. <laughs> Let us not. <laughs> but it's, into thinking that there are not lies. I will tell you, I will say this, like my ex-husband with who he is and who he was, he did not lie. My ex-boyfriend was a liar. He was literally a liar. Which is even why I then had to use my good ex-husband in order to ensure that he would make it through the prison system based on his lies, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, even with that posed its own issue because of the state of uh, command and integrity that they live with. That had nothing to do with me. All I could do was just vouch and say, for me, don't do anything to him. Why? Because he has a mother and that's her only son. I had to literally vouch on hopefully maintaining the integrity and the character of a man to say, think of it if it was your own mother, right? And that one out as opposed to the code, right? 
However, um, a lot of times that's not respected. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, you know, um, from being from being in the system, and we definitely ain't gonna put everything on the internet. I mean, I I know exactly what you're talking about. I, um, I know the I know the I know the language that you speak in, and I don't think that um people understand definitely your ex-boyfriend I, I i know he well he understood the code because so he he just felt as though that uh you know whatever whatever i think it's not part of him understood that code but even even at that point, oh you're trying to get me and i'm like no i'm really trying to help you you yeah. know what I'm saying? like i'm actually trying to help you so if you just sit back and let me work what i know i need to work It'll work, which is why in 2020 he's still here today. Yeah. Regardless of what anybody <laughs> anybody thinks, but the truth of the matter is 2020. Yeah. Yes, yeah. here today. Yeah, you 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 definitely you definitely uh you saved him at the end of the day. You saved yeah, him. Yeah, because and, and and the truth of the matter is because me and his mother had such a good relationship that I felt all jokes aside, compelled to say, nah, this this would hurt her. Forget him. Forget what he did. Forget all that stuff. This would hurt her more if her son was not here. So now, mm -hmm. we're going to figure this out. And it had to be figured out. Yeah. So is there anything else you'd, you'd like to add? I mean, your perspective, like I said, is very, very unique. Um, perspective and I don't think that a lot of people understand that um you know if you meet somebody in jail or you know somebody that go to jail you can fall in love with them. I think that a lot of times mm -hmm. people are very judgmental and be like, oh I wouldn't have did this, I wouldn't have did that. But you never know what you're gonna do when you're put in that situation. And you know, you, you have no control as I like to say, you have no control over your heart. Your heart's gonna take you where it wants it to go. So I would say this. Um, through my experience with both of them, and Lord knows there was probably about two additionals that played in the mix of all of that that were locked down, so-called love, right? Um, I would say that a lot of times people feel that you cannot listen to the words in which they speak, right? But there are actions that are behind the words in which that they speak. Um, my ex-husband, and he is the only ex-husband that I will ever claim in this life, he lived by being a husband. Um, if I did not have, he made sure to provide, period. There was no question asked. There was no, oh, I don't know if I can do this. It was, okay, I need to get on the phone with so-and-so because you don't have, therefore, if you don't have, I don't have. And if I don't have, then something is wrong because you don't have. So therefore, I need to make sure that you have so that you're at peace. And one of the things that he was very, very big with was me being at peace. All jokes aside, I really, truly do feel that had he not gotten the additional 14, 15 years of that of that bad time when he was supposed to come home, he and I more than likely would probably still be together to this day because he understood me, I understood him, and he got me uh, better than I could say anybody that has ever been walking has ever gotten me, right? 
Um, my ex-boyfriend did not get me. He did not understand me. He did not hear me. Only thing he really thought of was based on him getting out and living the lifestyle that he thought that he should live once he came home, right? And I can honestly say that at that time, we were both very young because we were both in our 20s at that time. And um, being with someone that young is going to prove to you exactly how they think, how they move, how they mm -hmm. act, right? So I truly do believe that as grown individuals, you have to really begin to comprehend and you have to really begin to think about your future, where you want to be, how you want to be, where, like, like literally everything that encompasses who you are. Um, when I was with my ex-husband, I was literally in my 20s. You know what I'm saying? So compared to where I am today, we're on two different planes. And I would not suggest for any woman to literally give her life away to someone that is in that level of a situation where they are literally locked down 24-7. But what I will say is that you can't discount or discredit your experiences in life in order for you to learn from them, in order for you to move forward from them, in order for you to build from them, because every experience that I've had, I've literally built from. You know what I'm saying? And I don't yeah. judge every book by the same cover. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times people judge the same book by the same cover. Oh, he was locked down, so therefore this is what he's going to be. No. <laughs> Everybody is different, right? Everybody takes a lesson from jail a different way. So I have learned how to, you know, begin to assess, begin to understand. And that is, you know, truth be told, my message to every woman. My experience might not be your experience but you might be able to relate to an experience. And the truth of the matter is you have to then begin to assess that experience for yourself. Everything is about assessing the risk for yourself. Where do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? And where do you see yourself going? You know what I'm saying? And any, uh, that's any, anybody in the chat, make sure that you like subscribe and share is um to the channel as well and nakia before we go please explain to the um everybody in the chat about your podcast um what you're doing what you're doing with your podcast you know what what what's the audience you're trying to reach i know that you're real uh you're into your faith which is a very good thing and, um you know just explain what you're what you're doing i am very much so into my faith but i'm also very much so real um i believe in god um I believe in what I believe, but I also do understand that there are a lot of us that have been hurt by the things um, in which we have experienced. So with the Muzzles Off podcast, I literally took the muzzle off and able um, to be able to discuss things that might not be along the cultural realm, that might not be on, along the, uh, let's say, church realm, uh, spiritual realm. Uh, societal realm, whatever that realm is that we kind of place it inside of a box. I have taken the muzzle is off podcast and said, we're going to like remove the box and we're just going to talk. And I want um, everybody to uh, be able to have a voice that has um, actually felt voiceless. Um, sometimes when you feel voiceless, you feel uh, powerless. And I want everyone to understand that you have a voice, you have power, you have security within your voice. 
Um, so that is what literally drove me to start the Muzzle Is Off podcast. And if you type it, if you type in the kid's name that's on the screen and on YouTube, her her channel actually does pop up under her name. So very easy to find. She tries to do up. You do your podcast every Wednesday at eight. Every Wednesday at like seven p.m. Eastern time. So yeah, um, sure. I have a special podcast going out tomorrow, um, Monday, uh, in order to discuss some things. But back to the regular schedule program every Wednesday great, great. At, um, at at 7 p.m. Well, Nakia, listen, we appreciate you uh, coming on the show. And definitely um, uh, we're going we gonna to link up and try to do something because you're a writer. And I always have, for some reason, I was one of the people that when I was away, I did read a lot of books. So I, I seem to always uh, link up with authors. So I definitely want to um, talk, talk further with you to discuss writing and you know what made you write a book and so forth and so on. So we could definitely have you back on the show as well. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show tonight and being able to explain your perspective of lockdown love and lies. And it'd be a lot of lies. But <laughs> listen, for, for everybody in the chat, <laughs> thank y'all for joining the show. And uh, everybody have a blessed night. Thank you.